0: Hi, peeps. Help Me Be Me is underfunded and needs your help. If you enjoy listening to this or it helps you at all, please visit helpmebeme.com and click donate or visit me on Patreon. Thanks. Hi, friends. It's Sarah May. And this is an episode I'm calling Kicking a Toxic Love. It's for when you're going through relationship withdrawals from a relationship that was kind of like that addictive uh, negative attachment. So if you're in the throes of getting over something that's really toxic and yet addictive, um, I would call this the rock bottom part of your loop Maybe you're, you've are you even known that this was not a good relationship for you for a long time, but you were always too terrified to leave it. Yet now you're in the mid-escape stage, and you feel crippled by the intense pain that's been brought on by it. So if that sounds like you, first of all, I want to say, get to a therapist's office, stat. This can be really scary to go through without support. Now, of all times, it can be really helpful to even try meds for the first time, just to take the edge off, it can just, it'll give you like that little bit of uh, a leg up on the pain. And if you can't feel like you can't handle the situation, if you feel like you're too overwhelmed right now by life, dial 911. That is the simplest, best tool for extreme suffering. Or call your local emergency service. And know that this will not be forever, even though that's what your feelings tell you. Right now, it feels like it's just forever. My life is terrible. Everything's ruined. Everything's going to suck forever. It's just going to suck for a while, for a little while. You're in the thick of it right now, but it will be over much sooner than you think, and it can be made – it can be streamlined if you take the appropriate actions, if you're aggressive about your own mental health and self-care, like I mean so completely thoroughly like boot camp invested in your self-care right now, you can have the amount of time that you're in this stage of suffering. So this is really about like cleaning out that wound, making sure it's prepped so that it can heal speedily. So with that, there are three parts, the what, the why, and the how, the tools. Here we go, part one, the what. So maybe you were in a codependent relationship or a relationship with a narcissist or a relationship that was just toxic and kind of a lot of drama, a lot of highs and lows, and maybe it was even abusive. Maybe you were the one that was abusive. Maybe you were both abusive at different stages. And maybe you knew that during the relationship, and yet you couldn't escape it because it felt like... You you just knew it about yourself. Like, I can't possibly let go. I would be t- in too much pain. I would It would hurt too much. So maybe this was like a super passionate relationship. And maybe this person had the power to make you feel your best and your worst. So it was that kind of relationship where you can't seem to kick it, even though there are many times that you felt unhappy, weak, not good about yourself. But then you would also... At times, feel elated and intoxicated by it. So, that has now, whatever that relationship was, has now ended. And now you are reeling from the void that is created. It's that breakup that makes you feel like you are nothing, like you have nothing, like you can never survive without this person in your life. This might have been a relationship where everything was on their terms, like you lost all of your power. And therefore, everything was your fault and everything was on you. So inevitably, you just you had that sense of self eroded to the place where now you feel like a piece of shit. You feel worthless. And to compound that, maybe the style of the breakup was such that it made you feel even more worthless. Like maybe this person just upped and walked away suddenly like you meant nothing or maybe they cheated on you. Or maybe you finally got up the balls to break up with them or, or you just hit a giant eject button, did something like to completely sabotage it because you knew you had to get the fuck out. Um, and because maybe you had that window of insight, that window of, of a tiny bit of strength, of power. For example, let's say they cheated on you um, or they did something t- so terrible that you were f- like finally fed up enough to say, like, fuck this shit. So you hit some eject button. You, let's say you sabotage them somehow just because you're like, I need to get out of this. Some part of your body was telling you, like, I need to get the fuck out of this thing. And so that thing worked. It blew it up. And now you're running away. You're in the running away part. And you're like, I got to get away from this person. I got to stay far away enough. Uh, enough away. But now maybe you're going through the withdrawal part where you're feeling extremely vulnerable and needy and scared and in pain and like hollow to the point where if they were to show up on your doorstep you know you would take them back if if they tried because of how difficult this stage is for you and how weak you feel i don't know if any of those things match what you're you're feeling or if all of those things or if some of those things match um so regardless of the specifics of how it happened The relationship I'm talking about is the kind that held a lot of emotional power over you. It controlled your thoughts and your feelings about yourself. And it also controlled your lifestyle. It became kind of a definition of you and what is good and bad in your life at any given time. So if your relationship was good, you were good. If your relationship was bad, you were bad. And now, because of that, it is a scary level of soul-crushing. That's the what. Part two, the why. When we get stuck in addictive relationships, it's because a powerful dynamic is set up just by the chemistry of the two people, of the two different types of personalities. It's like a pull. A very strong magnetism is created. You can think of this pull as like as if there's an invisible void inside of you, like a tiny invisible void inside of you, an emptiness. And this person, they can see it. Something in their chemistry knows it's there and knows they want to tap into it. And this person was probably hard to please or tough or broken somehow themselves. And they worked on you. They saw you. They attached to you. And they filled that void. They steadily filled it. They, they made you feel seen. They made you feel loved. They made you feel safe. Um, something about their attention may, like filled it up and kind of yanked on that chain. Like, let's say it's in your heart. Just like it filled your heart with, like, this new kind of fuzzy feeling. And then once they had it full, they started to yank on it. It's like anything, when they took it away, it suddenly felt like, wait, what? Where are you going? I, maybe I am interested. What, what happened? What did I do? Did, did I do something wrong? Should I correct myself? It's like once they have that hold, you start giving away your own power. And then it created kind of a loop. You're chasing that one window of the relationship. But it's not often in that part of the relationship. It's always kind of in the, the other stages of the cycle. Either you're being, like, abused and taken advantage of and you're getting pissed off. Or you're uh, kind of waiting for them to come back around. Or you're trying to be seen. You're constantly being like, why don't you see me? Why aren't you being the way you're supposed to be? So it starts with the stage of them adoring you. And them seeing you as this wonderful person and seeing all that your, your wildest potential could possibly envision for yourself. And that's like such a high. It's such an amazing high. And you're constantly like, why can't I not get back to that again? How come I can't reach that one more time? So this loop demands in the, in the kind of middle stages of it that you have no needs, that you ask nothing of them. That you be perfect. They are allowed to be whoever they want. They can be imperfect. They can not show up. They can be negligent. Um, but you have to be perfect and always your best. And if you're not, you are punished. You are taken advantage of, you, you're invisible, your needs are invisible, you're disrespected, you're poorly treated, you're ignored. So you might think to yourself, why the fuck am I in this relationship? I hate this person, I'm miserable. And yet, in those stages, you feel like you have no power. You just take it. Because this type, of, this type of loop, they've got that chain attached to your heart. They filled it up and they're yanking on it. This, it's like they cast a spell over you. And in these types of relationships, it's, it's like you know you can't kick it because you know you're not strong enough. But then, the more you hang out in it, the more you're like, there's this inner wisdom that's saying like, I need to get the fuck out of this. So maybe you had like a moment of insight, a window of time that comes with like the anger of being mistreated that you thought to yourself, now's my chance. And maybe you hit the eject button or maybe they did. Maybe they're the ones that broke it off. Whatever happened, this fracture allowed you to escape. And regardless of how it happened, now you are outside of that loop for the first time in a very long time. And because it's so foreign and it's taken this this person has yanked the your heart out with them because they had the chain attached to it. Now you're feeling like an empty shell of a person and probably freaking the fuck out at the amount of pain you feel. So you're feeling the isolation, the longing, the fear, the anxiety, the feelings of utter worthlessness. And whether you knew it or not, this feeling is a large part of why you didn't get out of it sooner when you knew it wasn't good for you. It's like that feeling of dread. It's like the awareness of an utter impossibility of being alone that keeps many of us in unhealthy relationships for many years. So I would say think of this time as the withdrawals of your her- from your heroin addiction. Like if you were a heroin addict, these are the, like, you're in the cold sweats and your body hurts. Right now you're being hit with a lot of different layers of painful reality at the same time as the loss that you're being hit with, the loss that comes with any major change. Change that is this major will always be a shock to the system. So fear not. This is not reality, and this is not all because of your relationship. It's just all kind of compounding it. The the pain layers are extensive. This is reality as seen through a terrible virus in your body called loss. So just treat this time like you're healing from a sickness or you're kicking a really hard drug. It just has to work its way through your system. There's an intense amount of pain, but it's mainly coming from three distinct places. The first place, the loss of the person that you loved, the person that existed in your mind, the person that existed in the joy windows, that the reason you were in it to begin with. The idealized portrait of a person that you saw, that your brain experienced. So that loss, that's like a regular loss, and it must be mourned just like any other loss, like a death. You should just cry about it, miss them, love them from a distance. Like I would say that's the real love. And you shouldn't feel bad about mourning it just because the relationship was messed up. You still had a relationship and you still have to feel sad at the loss of that relationship. That's the first pain. The second pain is the loss of self. A lot of the most painful breakups are the loss of a mirror. It's like we, see, we finally see ourselves and we see ourselves as a person of value just because we have another person to bounce that back to us. So the feeling of validation that we never had on our own, we got through this other person because this other person's there and saying like, you're a value, I love you. So when we lose that with this other person, um, we don't feel like we have anything at all or we feel like we're nothing. It's because for the first time, there's another person who is so difficult to please and they love us and they're with us. They say nice nice things to us. So we feel we must be valuable. Look, they're They want us, therefore we must be worth wanting. So we feel worthy. And this feeling is so comforting. So to have it taken away feels like, well, if this, then that. Then I must be worthless. I must not be worth loving because the thing that showed me I was worth loving just left. So that, I would say, is the hardest part of the pain, is the leveling of self, the feeling of utter worthlessness that comes with this particular loss of a mirror. But that's not forever. That part is curable. Spoiler alert. That's the second one. Third is the distraction. In other words, the addiction. We have, when we get into addictive relationships, it's like we have a state of suspended reality. Like we're entering a virtual reality game. All we had to worry about in this game was if we are winning at the relationship and making this other person happy or not. And that makes life so simple. It makes life just one channel. All we have to think about, am I winning at the game of this person or am I losing at the game of this person? It takes away all other pain. It takes away any worry about our finances, about our body, about our job, about our future, about life in general and the universe. All we think about is this one virtual reality game. And let's call it the game Super Crush Denial Edition. So just like heroin, we get addicted to the feeling um, of safety and predictability that comes with a fully immersive game that just has one objective. So a lot of what we miss is that soothing state of denial that comes the denial of just living in the bubble of a relationship. Our life gets so simplified We can live in this dynamic, and it renders us powerless, but it also feels safe and good in a strange way to have no power because we don't have to think about anything else. It's like an addiction to a distraction. We know in this world which way is up, which way is down, and there's someone else that's in control. So it can be kind of like a relief from all the other life stuff because it feels like we're grounded to something. I'm either winning or I'm losing at the, the relationship game. Despite whether or not the game is a living hell that makes us feel terrible, because it's familiar and we know how to play it, and it comes with the potential of that joy state, it's like we keep chasing it. We, we keep wanting more points. We can't let go of that goal. So these various mourning processes will happen at different speeds, And therefore you might feel a bit crazy at times. And if you happen to be a victim of cheating or abuse that came, let's say like this person dropped a huge bomb on you, you're also going to be dealing with the shock of adapting to a new set of terms for reality. So that will also send your system into haywire. That's like another layer to cope with because your brain is, you're like your threat response system is going off and saying, like, is this safe? Where, where am I? What was that? What's going on? Like you're still trying, of like, trying to integrate the new information. So all that is to say it's a lot. And it's going to happen. You're going to feel like you're driving at different speeds, at different directions, making turns and going back and going forward. One day you might feel miserable. But like you can manage. And then the next day, you might feel so overwhelmed and panicked because the pain is getting worse. But know that at any given time, the only thing you need to do is recognize you are reacting to the pain, and your job is to step back from it. Instead of being in the current of pain and anxiety and panicking and overwhelm, you just want to step back from the edge and watch the current. Flowing through you. Think of yourself as a vessel. The pain just flows through your body and you don't have to get swept up in it. You can just watch it. The only thing you have to concern yourself with is moving that vessel, that armature, making sure your body takes the right actions despite all the stuff that's flowing through it. That's your only job moving my body to the right places, making my body do the right actions. So just focus on today. And what you need to do for the rest of today. What, is the, what do you have to do to get through the next few hours? Where does this body need to be? Move it there. Make sure you are accountable with your actions. And know that this will pass. I know that people tell you that and you don't feel like it's true because you're like in so much pain and agony and it seems impossible. But it absolutely will. You're in the bottom of the loop. And your job is only to traverse time. The hardest part is really recognizing and reconciling that someone who was meant to love you and meant to honor you and treat you like a prize did not do that. They hurt you. That is the hardest part of your breakup is to accept that and to really feel that because that is devastating. That part is like it's like accepting that the, that your side is cut open. It's like the wound is so deep, it's so painful. So take do that one take your time to do that one. Do it with care and patience. Be very, very gentle with yourself throughout this time. But this know that this process and this experience in your life is pointing to a very important piece of information for you on you. This is just about you. This is like, I know it sounds crazy, one of the greatest gifts you can be given in your life, this experience. Because it's pointing to something you need to grow for yourself. Whether or not you know it, deep inside, some part of you does not believe you are worthy of love. And the fact that you chased external validation or someone else who didn't give it to you in the right way, shows that you have a very particular set of unmet needs. You you set a very specific stage in your life, a stage for a reenactment. The stage, this play, is a play that is reminiscent of your childhood. And it, it basically is a play about you always trying really hard to earn someone else's love. And that is kind of where you want to work some things out. It's kind of where you feel the most comfortable, ironically, even though it's not comfortable to be in that stage. But it's familiar and it feels like right to us. It feels like I know where I am. I'm in this play that I know all all the lines. So what I'm saying with that is you need to first, this is your next step for yourself in your life after the immediate pain managing part of it. You need to debunk that belief in yourself. You need to recognize, first of all, that you even had this void and you need to fill it by yourself with your own love, not through another person. You don't want a chain that's attached to another person plugging into your heart. That heart needs to be full and you can fill it yourself. And it will be the most rewarding and wonderful process in your life. But that's what needs to happen starting now. But I'm getting ahead of myself, as I said, because right now you're really in the pain management stage of your breakup. But just know that that's like this is that's the map I want you to start to plot out for yourself, um, preferably with a therapist. Because really, this kind of pain, you should never have to feel this way. You should never have to feel leveled by somebody else. Stop accepting crumbs. Make this the last time you feel this way. Because here's the thing about addictions. They never quench the void. They never satisfy it. They cannot. No one else can make you feel complete and whole. It's just like, it's almost like you're you're taking the drug to make the pain less, but it never completely quenches it. So with that, I will get to part three, the how, the tools. All right, the first tool is called shit pipe. So I, I don't know if you've seen the movie The Shawshank Redemption, but I want you to think of this process in terms of that movie, in that you had just escaped prison, and your prison was a loop of abuse, a loop of misery. And you might feel okay when it starts over, but each time it ends with the feelings of lowness and resent and powerlessness, like, I can't believe I'm doing this, I can't believe I'm accepting crumbs. So right now you got out of prison and you're crawling through the shit pipe, leaving the prison. Sorry, I spoiled the movie, but you're in the middle of the shit pipe and you're heading towards the light, but you can't see the light yet. So right now your only job is just to keep crawling with all of your might. At any given time when you start to panic and start to be like, oh my God, what am I doing? My life is over and I don't know where I'm going to go. I'm in the shit pipe. So the next tool is called lovesick. So I want you to think of this time as if you had a physical cold, like your body is actually sick. I mean, the way that this experience has affected you is very much a physical process. It's it's affected your your entire body. And right now, your body needs to be treated just as if you are getting over a virus or a flu. So I want you to be very gentle, very kind, very loving to yourself. And think about your when you get stuck in your brain, just remember, like, I'm sick. I can't. Trust my brain right now. What do I need to do to help myself physically heal? For example, a nice warm bath with bubble bath, uh, light some candles, maybe go to yoga class. Be very very gentle with yourself. Um, lots of soup, lots of cuddling, like soothing anything you can do to like support just re- regeneration. The next tool I have for you is called hands and feet. So at any given time. If you're going through the state of anxiety or panic or overwhelm, I want you to actually look at your hands and grip something and look at your feet and press down firmly into the soles of your feet. Your body has a lot of pain that's flowing through it, yes, but when you start to feel overwhelmed or overcome, I want you to remember, look at your hands, grip whatever you're holding, and think, I am in my body. Yes, I'm overwhelmed, but I am here. My body is safe. I'm holding on to this object. This object is firm. And this pain is just flowing through me. I'm still okay. Just remember, whatever is going on inside feels like it's too much. It feels like the sky is falling. But like we're actually in this moment, fine. We are functioning. We are moving through the day. My only job at any given time is to make sure I'm taking the right Actions with this body: Make sure I'm getting to the right places. What are the focus on the, the physical aspect of whatever's going on? And remember to see those hands and see that, like, yes, I'm here, I am OK. I'm here right now, I'm fine. My body is alive. I'm just ugh, containing a lot of pain. The next tool I have is called personal space. So this is for anyone who is um, maybe somebody that has been kind of targeted by somebody else, that somebody that saw your hooks and really yanked you in. Right now especially, it's really important to literally protect kind of your mind's sights or your, your mind space, your heart space. I know this sounds weird, but like protect your physical energy, including your line of sight. From other people, because right now you're very, very vulnerable. You're very susceptible to the energy of other people and they can read you very easily because of how compromised you feel. So, right now, it's just think of it like I have invisible hooks on my body that others that are potentially not good for me can see and they know how to press those buttons or pull on those hooks and they know how to yank me around. You can be a target for people like that. People that are charismatic, people that want something from you that that use words validation. So I'm saying that in case maybe the person you were in a relationship with, if you met them, and you were not that into them when you met them, and maybe they won you over, like they saw you, they pursued you, and put the their charms on you. And eventually it kind of got hooked into you. And you on the other hand, maybe you were kind of like, not my type, but maybe you're sort of curious about them because of how into you they were. And you were like, shit, I guess I could entertain this person because they are so into me. They really get me. So what that says to me is like this person could read your vulnerable spots. And right now, because of how compromised you are energy wise, it's you just need to be very closed and protect your your personal space and your line of sight. Basically keep your guard up for a while. In in terms of strangers, um, keep your your chest facing away from them. Keep your eyes away from de- direct eye contact. Um, protect your personal space. If someone's else, if someone has energy that's very intense and prying, move away. Like physically move away. Um, and that's just right now. Just to stay in a healing space. You don't want to invite anybody else that's going to do more damage to you. I hope that all made sense. All right, next tool I have is called three, two, one zag. Right now, because it's just about like uh, kind of a triage stage of of healing your wounds, like making sure they scab over and they're cleaned out. I know that sounds gross, but like you you are just like prepping a wound. It's really about creating a slight delay between you and the reaction to the pain inside your body. That's all you're trying to do. So it's really about acting despite yourself right now. So another way to think of this is, time this time is this as if you are propelling your body into the appropriate actions despite how terrible you feel. So if it starts to get really overwhelming, the only thing I want you to remember is zag, meaning do something different, anything different. So you can count, like, if you're in a moment and you're like, I'm freaking the fuck out, I'm freaking the fuck out, I want you to say to yourself, three, two, one, zag. Or just say zag. That's what I would say is zag. Do anything. Do anything different. Just say it in your, your head and throw your body into action. Sometimes for me that meant I was making a right turn down a street I'd never been on and driving to nowhere in particular and calling the first number that pops up on my phone. Um, or I would park, I'd pull over and park and walk around a random block. Sometimes that would mean I would run out the front door and I would, wa- I would walk until I was like so tired that I couldn't, like I had to come back home or it was dark out. So I want you to like, this is about in your physical, when you're in an intense state of pain, three, two, one, zag, do anything different, anything new to get out of that circumstance. And zag's, by de- by default should be something that change your physiology in some way. So a change that will increase your heart rate, a change that will force your brain out of that train of thought, um, and something that will move you into your physical body, make you forced to pay attention to your physical body. For example, you could take a nice cold shower. You could play a really loud song combined with a run. My go-to would be doing a handstand in my office with slow, really loud, deep breaths. And that's a great one because it changes the blood flow. It changes your orientation. So this is really about creating any dramatic change in your body to jolt your brain into a slightly different space. It's like running away from the toxic gnats. It's like it just gets you away for a little bit and it'll give you a slight advantage um, to disempower it. Another version of this tool that I just discovered, I was kind of excited to discover it because I'm like, oh my God, science proves this is a good tool. It's from a book called The Five Second Rule. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. It's exactly the same thing, but she has five, four, three, two, one, blast off is her, or counting back from five. Um, but it's an expanded version of the tool. So, and it's a good read. I really like her tone of voice. So I'm going to put that in the show notes as well. Um and the method I gave you, my first one, is basically how I got through to several different addictions and also my breakup, my, like, gnarliest breakup. So it definitely can work for serious agony and pain. At the very least, change. It's just all you have to think of is, like, I have to change whatever I'm doing. Get the fuck out of the house. Get the fuck out of the car. Get the fuck out of the whatever it is. Do something different it's really about launching yourself into action before your brain has a moment to decide not to do it. And I want you to use this in little things, like getting out of bed in the morning, especially right now. Or deciding if I'm going to go to that yoga class cuz I am really tired, like launch yourself into action before your ha- your brain has a moment to react. Unless you have exercise over uh, over exercise problems, then maybe it is launching yourself into the bath <laughs> before your brain has time to react. You get what I'm saying. Okay, next tool is called Gather Your Lessons. So this is a journal prompt. Basically right now I want you to examine this relationship and look at the misalignments in the way you were treated and the way that this person spoke. So basically a lot of the time when we're in toxic, toxic relationships, we are screaming at the person saying, why don't you see me? Why don't you feel bad? Why don't you get me? Why aren't you acting loving toward me? Like we're talking to a brick wall. So here are the journal prompts I want you to write on. On the left side of your journal, I want you to write, what did they say with their words? On the right side, I want you to write, what did they say with their actions? And basically, I want you to highlight the ones that contradict. So here's the end of this exercise. Look at the actions, because the actions are the only thing that matter. This is the only true thing about their personality. This list draws a map of who they really are. Often that is a person that is portraying something, but they're really not fulfilling it. They're not being consistent. They're not being loving with their actions. They're not being supportive. They're being very selfish with their actions. I want you to really let that sink in and ask yourself, why did I tolerate this for so long? Why did I accept less than behavior? And that answer, I think, is going to point you to what needs the most love and attention in you with a therapist. I think this is a great moment in your life to start, if you've never done it before, Start going to therapy because this is like can be the best opportunity because you're so open, because everything is up in the air. This is kind of the best way to put everything back in order in the perfect place. Think of it like a broken bone. If it's been a a crooked bone your entire life, now you can set it perfectly and stronger than it's ever been before. It's a great opportunity. Change is so much easier when you're in pain and everything's a shock. You can do way more. You can have like a post-traumatic growth spurt. I very much did during this time in my life. So I, I challenge you to do that because it's such a good opportunity. I digress. Next tool I have is called Ritual Promise. So this is something I want, also want you to do for yourself in your journal. Because you're hurting, anything is possible. And you can heal back from this breakup stronger than you were before. So I basically want you to write a promise to yourself in your journal to love and heal yourself and never let this happen to you again, no matter what. And I would say, do this with a nice candle, soft music, a soft blanket, a glass of wine. Take some time and really mean it. Make it official to yourself that you are setting this goal for your future and mean it. And, And know that when you do that, when you ritualize it, you make it more true. Because It's like you're seeing it in black and white. It's like you know you mean it when you've formalized it in that way. All right, the next tool is called date yourself. So I would say this is the most important tool out of the bunch. I want you to treat yourself right now like you are dating yourself. I want you to be so nice, so gentle, so sweet, so respectful, so attentive. Right now you deserve some nurturing from yourself, especially. And it's imperative that you demonstrate that you are deserving of love and support to yourself right now of all times. And I mean down to the littlest details. Be overtly loving with your own behavior, including when you see yourself in the mirror, smile, ask yourself things in third person. I do it all the time. Sarah, are you okay? Are you cold? Would you like a sweater? Yes, I would. Thank you. I want you to do silly stuff like that. And just as an easy way to think about it, like, you're courting yourself. You are a stranger and you are courting you. Go overboard. Make sure your, your lunch is pretty. Make sure your, uh, your bath looks nice. Like, as if you're, you're making surprises for someone else that you love. All right, and the last tool I have for you is called energy steroids. Or you could say vitamins. Energy vitamins. How about that? steroids are not the best, I know. But I want you to do one thing a day, every day, that gives you a chemical advantage. Right now you are chemi- chemically compromised. So one thing that you can do to give yourself just a little bit of a leg up is just add a little bit of a boost, no matter what it is. It could be like a little juice boost. It could be adding one new exercise class. Um, or it could be like what, you start watching comedies only when you're whenever you're watching television, or you're buying a new plant, or you're opening another window during the day. Any opportunity you have, at least one a day. But any opportunity you have, add some positive energy to your life, whatever it is. Um, and I also recommend setting little alarms on your calendar on your phone, just to like get a little energy boost. Uh, let's say it's like twice a day, you're going outside and walking around the block. Anything you can do, maybe it's being around a friend, um, being outside in the sun, whenever you can eat something that's a vegetable that's bright and colorful, eat that thing, light candles often, take baths, get your heart rate pumping, taking little energy steroids, especially right now. So I hope that helps. And I hope you do use this as an opportunity and know that You can make such dramatic change right now. You will not recognize yourself in one year from now. And you owe it to yourself. I know that this feels insurmountable, like you'll never be happy again. But what it's giving you is a great opportunity. The love and validation you felt via this other person is something you can give yourself and should give yourself. And it lasts you a lifetime. So... What happens is when you give that love to yourself unconditionally, you are never taken down by the loss of a partner like this. You never feel this low. You know that you're okay no matter what. You have an innate sense of confidence and comfort and balance and stability. And at the very least, maybe that's what you wish for yourself in your journal. I just want to feel okay. I just want to not suffer. That's a beautiful goal to have. And you can have that. And what happens is, You don't have your happiness hinge on another person loving you. You still get all the elation and the intoxication on all that part. You just don't have the low lows. It's the only thing that goes away. When this happened to me, I pointed to this empty void in myself and I said, I need to do some work on myself. And I can tell you now that though it was the most soul-crushing time and it felt like death, I can see now that it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And the same goes for you. So I want to invite you to take this moment to really know this is the bottom. I can make this an opportunity, and I can start right now. So I hope you go for it, and I send you my love. I know this is so hard, and I'm, I'm sorry that th- this is happening to you. I hope this helps you. And don't forget to smile.